What's up, guys? This is Dominic D'Angelo of SEScoops.com. And hey, wow, we are live here on Rob Van Dam's YouTube channel. And guess who's here? Guess who's here? It is Rob Van Dam. Rob, how you doing, man? The green screen looks great, by the way. Yeah, it's RVD green. That's the, what we call that color. <clears throat> what up, Van Dam fam? I hope everyone is awesome. Uh, here we go. Another week. Uh, not just another week it's a special week for for me i'll go ahead and uh start right off with uh story time even though i know uh youtube chris really likes to hear you talk more and uh, <laughs> yeah you got some people uh yeah you got you polarize some people in the uh down below in the, out oh of i the sure do with the yeah. smiling and the laughing it definitely happens <laughs> what are you gonna do? I you can't please everybody, but that's all right. So uh in the uh <clears throat> never really know what someone else is going through department for the last four years I've had this scumbag chasing me down with this lawsuit. Guy picks a fight with me, doesn't like the results. Uh, or maybe he did like the results, you know, maybe that's really what he's after. Um, because, uh, Hey, one, here we are talking about him, which by the way, I got to thank his, uh, uh, his ambulance chasers. They actually plugged to the jury, uh, that I would be here on my podcast talking about this. So, really? yeah. So thank you, sucky lawyers. And, um, if uh, if any jurors are listening uh, because of his plug, then I want to thank you for tuning in. And also thank you, Jerry, for seeing through the scam. Um, what bullshit. So um, this dude's name is uh, G. Douche. And uh, G. Douche wanted to be famous. He dropped so many names in the trial, like anybody, even his own team, had no idea who he's talking about at these crazy parties that he's doing all these drugs and cocaine at and and uh and he knows before he met me that i was doing drugs and cocaine too he knows for sure because uh this one particular girl told him he's 100 percent sure she told him because he's really good friends with her and he says that she was there with me the whole day she wasn't even there like i had no idea who he was even talking about dude is so fucking crazy this girl <laughs> wasn't even there and um anyway and he said katie wasn't there but katie was there whole thing was bullshit this guy um was trying to extort me you know after um um after a little incident where he ended up a little bloody then he decides he loves everybody homies for life man if you ever saw true romance 
Gary Oldman's character, Drexel, was the inspiration for G. Douche. G. Douche wanted to be Drexel. And uh, if you want to see what he looks like, then watch my RVDology on YouTube, uh, on my YouTube, this brand new one here that I, that I just did. Um, I have plenty of pictures and I talk about it because I want you guys to learn from my experiences so you don't uh, fall into the same traps and you can avoid some of them. So uh, this this guy scumbag tried uh, tried coming after me for you know from from different lies and fake testimony and manufactured doctors notes that contradict each other and like the whole thing was like such a joke and it's four years you know me paying my lawyer so everyone always wants to know does he have to pay the lawyer's cost not in civil court G douche doesn't have any money anyway. Um, G Douche uh, was planning on partying. He thought that I, that RVD was going to buy him and his uh, ambulance chasers houses after he had his uh, genius plan of approaching me, coming after me, verbally assaulting me, even putting his hands on me first and then still trying to make it sound like it was all me and like I'm uh, a brutal pro fighter, of course, with uh, anger management history, former rapist. <laughs> I added that a little bit, but he, everything was so far the funniest part, though, and his lawyers were so, they were entertaining, but they they threw so much at the wall trying to hope something would stick. You know, ah, he was joking. He was, he made a mistake. He was joking. He was whatever. Um, well, Katie was there. She, she witnessed it. So she's up on the testimony stand and um, his lawyer, there's this dude with white hair that looks like he grew up in a boy's home and was only around women at the field, the field trips to Tijuana a few times that he took. He looked so awkward talking to, uh, and it was so funny because they asked some shit that was like so far out there. He actually at one point goes, um, um, now, now, Miss Forbes, um, did 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 you and your husband release a soft pour a soft core sex tape? <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite part. I was laughing. The jury was laughing. Like what the fuck? Yeah. Oh my god, dude. I I his guy his his whole case was bullshit, and I'm so glad the jury saw through it. You know, just a fucking money grab. Um, and thank you to uh, Dr. K um, for um, reading the, the doctor's um, um, reports. And thank you to uh, to my lawyer um, who, damn, I was going to ask him if I should put his phone number on here. Well, I'll ask him. I'll put it in the, uh, I'll put it in the um, descriptions. But Scott Meehan from Los Angeles. Um, great lawyer. I mean, he just gave them everything they said and you could see it contradicted. You know, dumbass one got an MRI uh, right after the incident and so it showed the condition he was in then, you know. So then later on, he's trying to get a nose job, get some get some uh, silicone tits put on him and all this uh, extra plastic surgery that G. Douche thought would help his superstar uh, career since he was going to be living in a big house with a 
big car thanks to RVD, but uh, he got, thanks to an honest jury, exactly what he's worth, zero. How, how did you meet this guy, Rob? Oh my God! Um, it was uh, it was just at a uh, uh, at a hotel. See, so Jennifer and Katie had known him from Atlanta. Okay. And so uh, I didn't know him. They did. The three of us were um, the three of us were going out together. One of the first times, actually, we ever went out together. And uh, stopped by his hotel, and he came out and, and started shit with me right off the bat, and. You know, without, without going through like all the all the details about it, um, or maybe I should, I don't know. But but anyway, um, finally after four years, you know, because they were threatening to take a whole line. It's crazy. Like his lawyer would be like, you know, I don't take it personally. We're just doing our job, you know. And I know he is. And I know he didn't have much to work with, but still framing me with fabricated evidence and trying to fool the jury um you know that's a little bit personal like i i remember watching you grow up you know this is this isn't anything personal you know it, it's not cool and then five minutes later he brutally were no for no reason at all you know look at him he's a monster who would pick a fight with him nobody did this was all a big mistake and he was jealous and he was roid raging and he was this and that like oh my god so you know as a lawyer too you'd want to take certain clients that are credible how you would think you would think yeah, yeah that's why you know I think that's why where they have the term ambulance chasers I mean these guys acted like the bottom of the barrel in my opinion like they the points that they thought they made were shitty, shitty points, and they kept going back to them over and over and over, pounding them in, and they weren't even good points to begin with. They didn't prove shit because they made it up, you know, and, and I think, you know, that they were a good team. Let me put it that way. I thought the guy was a scumbag, uh, but after spending four days uh, looking at that guy, uh, now I know he's, he's a lower scumbag than I even thought. Jeez. G-Douche. G-Douche is his name. He's from Atlanta. From Atlanta. He rented himself a uh, um, a Tesla, thinking he was going to celebrate, party afterwards, put that on his uh, credit card. Don't worry, RVD's going to be paying for it. Hey, G-Douche, fuck you. So he was pretty confident that he was going to win this case then, huh? Well, I don't know, dude. I mean, he, he must have been... It must have been. They kept coming. Uh, uh, you know, like I said, it was four years, and um, I don't know how he felt. I can't really tell you that. Okay, you know? yeah, yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying uh, he obviously thought it was going to go his way or he wouldn't have fucking uh, been there. None of us would have been there, and I'm thankful for the jury. I feel bad for them. They had to keep being there. And then his lawyer going over and over the same stupid, pointless shit so much, it took a whole extra day just for him to finish five minutes that he had in his rebuttal to the closing arguments. Everyone had to come back. And I feel bad no. for the jury, but I feel bad for me. You know, I didn't feel bad for G. Douche. I didn't feel bad for him. Oh. No. Uh so, did you get to do anything fun while you were in LA at all, or were you just? Oh, uh, we had, you know, we stayed in a, in a nice place downtown by um, LA Live. You know, had a good view. I did Marty Janetti's podcast. Yeah, which, I was gonna ask I, yeah, I was on the um, deck, on the outside uh, deck that's at the uh, restaurant 
slash bar area at the hotel, and that was really nice. So perfect weather out. You know, it's a little colder in Vegas. So um, <laughs> that just reminded me, like, is that guy that was like, ah, Miss Forbes, uh, well, my lawyer, he said he lives in Vegas. And so my lawyer asked him, this was not during the court, but early in the morning before proceedings started, whatever. <laughs> he said, oh, you live in Vegas? He said, you ever see Rob out there? And he was like, I don't party. You don't even know how like insinuating that is. You know what I mean? Like, wouldn't see me at the grocery store at a gas station or something. No, it's partying. Like we, you know, like what a douche. You this is one I mean? of his lawyers. This is one of his lawyers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He just didn't even. He doesn't even know what he's insinuating, or maybe he does know and doesn't care. But even when he's saying things, there's so much more behind what he's saying. He said, "Ah, uh, Miss Forbes." Um, does your husband, uh, Mrs. Zitowski, uh, get jealous when uh, when you flirt with other men? <laughs> like, you know, like like she's giving lap dances and shit while I'm like, baby. <laughs> hey, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, he was they, he was so awkward, and they were all awkward. And uh, man, I, I'm glad that that he had such uh, shitty people to represent his shitty case, and that. His uh his shitty bullshit story didn't uh, didn't fool anybody, you know. So uh, it did cost a lot of time, a lot of money with the uh, jury, but you know he's out too. He went to plastic surgeons and stuff and had them doctor up all this this future work that he thought he was gonna get done on me, and then wow. you know dumbass had contradicting evidence from the emergency room on the first night. But anyway, he was so stupid, so stupid. Well, plug the RVDology then. What what all kind of do you go into more detail about it then? Uh, yeah, well, well, actually, um, a little more detail about some of the the, the the proceedings and stuff here. I am I do have pictures uh, of the guy, you know, there and uh, and you know, tell like a little a little different uh, different uh, uh, side of it just because it's. Not that it's not my side, but I but I, I talk about from, you know, just from learning a lesson and, and reprogramming yourself as adults so you can uh, avoid the traps that life has to offer. And this was one of them. And, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, people could pay attention, hopefully learn from you learn from two things. You learn from your own experience and you learn from other people's experience. You know, when you can learn from other people's experience Sometimes that's a lot less expensive. So, yeah, it's very. I think this is one of those times. And hey, when you learn from other people's experiences, some of those can be positive learning, like from that person. That's a positive thing, or you can learn from their like cautionary tale aspect of things too. It's like, and, and even if you see somebody that's an idiot and doesn't know he's an idiot, you can learn from his experience too. Like, well, look at that guy. I don't want to be that guy doing what he's doing, thinking that he's in the right, like he thinks he is. You know, like, but um, yeah, yeah that's it, dude. Um, so, you know, it's hard to be an experience. So that's why I'm so glad that I'm so experienced, you know, but, and of course all that was brought up, you know, all the God tried to make me out, like I said, to be a pro fighter. He's like, he, he's like trying to blur the line between UFC and WWE. Oh my you gosh. Know. Yeah. He, he really had lethal hands or something like that or what? Yeah. I really feel like he was insulting the jury you know like a lot of times with wrestling fans i think about like how much do i have to dumb this down and really 
hammer on their head to make sure they get what I'm saying, you know, but, but seeing him do that to the jury and seeing him like with these stupid points, trying to, trying to get it, you know, past them as if they wouldn't notice. I was, I was like, I felt like offended for them. You know, I was just like, wow, dude, keep doing what you're doing. You're fucking killing yourself. Well, let me ask you this. So did you kind of have to explain some details of, how wrestling works to like the jury and stuff when you were there or was that uh, a little bit a little bit yeah i mean i was asked i was asked some detail you know i was like everything i did he uh, he was accused accusing me of doing a wrestling move but right there the way you're holding him isn't that a wrestling move don't you have to grab him like that to to control him and is that what you're doing and then if there was something that he didn't like then i wasn't in control you know then it was like you know, then I was just raging and swinging, or I went up no reason behind me putting my hand there, or whatever. And this guy put his hands on me first after several times being warned, you know, stop, back the fuck off. And he kept coming at me, um, <laughs> coming at me, um, verbally assaulting me, eventually turning it into coming right at me and fucking putting his hands on me. And then I still, still uh, gave a, a very methodical, uh, you still have a chance to end this peacefully, you know, boom, boom. It was just a real quick, real quick little, uh, like I got accused of uh, doing uh, two moves total. Really? Yeah. What was the pause in between was a check. Like they don't understand once you're engaged in something, you don't, you don't just turn your back, you know, like a dog that, ah, and you know what I mean? And just forget about what happened. They don't understand that. So they're trying to, so they separate everything. What about one second before this, you know, uh, cause the guy ended up getting headbutted and, and uh, split his head open. And what about like one second before the head, but why couldn't you have stopped right there? They don't, they don't understand. That's not how real life, how real life works. They give me all the credit for being an expert martial artist that knows every inch of, uh, you know, uh, every move, how to manipulate someone's body and the forces of the universe and all this bullshit. But then when it comes to certain stuff, then they want to act like I don't know shit and that, and that they're the experts in, 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 uh, in how to act when you're under attack. So there's a lot of bullshit to it, you know? Yeah, it sounds like it. Sounds like it. Like <laughs> it's just crazy, Rob. It's like people. Glad it's over. Yeah, I Glad bet it is. Over. I bet you said it, you were doing doing this. Or like, hey, hey, how's it going? Hey, y'all. Hey, I was just talking about G Deuce. Yes. And, uh, what do you think of that whole experience, Katie? I'm so happy it's over with. Yeah. Justice was served. <laughs> That sounds like it. Yeah. Remember, remember his shitty lawyer plugged this and uh, told the jury to watch the podcast. Y'all yeah. want to meet my friends? Yes. Okay, cool. This is our goddaughter, Lena. <laughs> oh, really? Hey. Hey, hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Shake that titty. Y'all go follow her, Lena. Bare knee, and then this is Rob's godson. So he talks about Dango, his best friend, growing up all yeah. the time in here. This is his son. No way, really. Hey. What's up, man? Hello, fellow ball yeah, brother. Th th this is the camera that's on. <laughs> I keep looking up there too. Because did you have a good day? Me. My day, my day was great. It was yeah. good, good. It was busy. Yeah, nice to meet you, man. Yeah. Me too. 
Yeah. It's my girlfriend, our girlfriend, Danette. Hey. Hey. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Cool. So uh, how long are you guys in town for? Oh, we live they, everyone lives here. Oh, yeah, they live yeah. here. Okay. Yeah, Dango's uh, son and his uh, his wife moved here recently. Y'all can so. all crowd yeah. in the back. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Hey, you said you had some questions for Katie. Yes, yeah. I did. Yeah. Um, yeah, let me see. Let me put them up here. But um, well, so last time uh, we talked, it was I asked you about um, like overall, like your time in Louisiana and wrestling there. But then how, how you ended up meeting Rob and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, what's the like name some of like what your overall like most enjoyable matches that you've kind of had? Is there any standout matches for you that yeah. you enjoyed doing? My favorite matches ever were my matches in India because the shows had, they said 70,000 people. So the shows are just huge. So to me, it felt like WrestleMania having so many people there and all that energy of people cheering for me like that was my favorite match. Well, okay. So was that the Rock Con? Is that what they're, those are called? Or is that something else? What was the No, promotion? it was something else. It's the Great Collies um, promotion. promotion in India called CWE. Okay. And so I've gone there like 10 times on tours. And I go and wrestle. And um, I've been going there since before I even knew Rob. Wow. How about that? Yeah. And the shows are massive there. It's amazing. Let me ask you this too. Who, uh, when you started off and then kind of, getting more into wrestling and stuff like that who did you really learn from in a lot of ways and kind of like pick up upon and like who was a big influence for you i guess um i love china was the first person the first female that i had watched and like me having black hair and i was jacked because i used to do fitness competitions and her having black hair like i felt um the connection between us that inspired me and i'd met her earlier in my career so she inspired me but literally i'm not just saying this when i saw rob um, my, he was my favorite wrestler from then. And I was so inspired by him. I even asked my coach, Luke Hawks, who was my first, um, wrestling mentor, if we could bring Robin for a, a seminar so I could learn from him. And Rob, did you do the seminar? Is like, Oh no. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, 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 I don't think you've ever done a seminar. That's true. <laughs> I haven't done a seminar. Oh really? You haven't? No, no. Yeah, so but I was intrigued by him and watching his splits and watching the ECW video. I just loved how he was just so out of the box, but also like his split moves reminded me of like stripper moves. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was just so intrigued by him as a wrestler and also the fact that like he doesn't get angry and I'm not an angry person. So then it was just so cool how he could be like such a laid back guy like <laughs> laid back and then also be able to fight. So that was inspiring to me as well, since I'm not an angry person. Yeah. It's a good way to find the balance. And even Marty said that last week too, Rob was like, Hey, you can't play off cool. Like it's like, that's, it's just kind of part of who, who somebody is a lot of, in a lot of it's in his aura. Dude, I, I actually, I, when I was <laughs> on the stand on uh, the first day and then, and they were trying to, you know, they kept trying to pull me into all these traps and they were so stupid I told him, I was like, dude, I'm, are you serious? Like, I, I, I'm trying to answer questions, sir, but you're ridiculous. You know, I, I said that. And uh, at one point, um, hey, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Something about being angry. Or, um, yeah, uh, cool. yeah, no, he was trying to talk about me being angry or whatever. And I was like, you literally 
chose the most laid back, coolest wrestler in the industry that's known for that for decades to try to make a target as a as a monster and i said i don't think you're gonna fool anybody i said a quick google search will, will tell you that uh asking any other wrestler in the industry will confirm it as well no doubt about it no doubt about it <laughs> katie let me ask you this too um, under oath <laughs> under fucking oath under oath under oath yeah. right there that was um true, Rob's been talking about this new promotion you've been working with. What what is it in WWE? Right? Oh. UWW. Yeah. UWW. UWW wrestling. Okay, can you explain that a little bit to the the it's listeners of you? Um, pro wrestling. We used to run at we run out of Las Vegas and really nice casinos like at the Sahara, the House of Blues. So it's always in a really nice place. Um, we've ran the past couple times in LA and now we're going to have a show in, um, February in San Antonio. Oh, nice. But I am the, the fan favorite of the whole promotion. My favorite too, baby. Thank you, baby. Mm. <laughs> um, so they said like, I had like the highest views of all the clicks and everything else like that. Um, I just love UWW because I can be myself in it and it's not like, they don't say like, tone it down a little bit like it's like just whoever you want to be just be it and um so i feel like i thrive there because i can just be my true self so i have a lot of fun at that promotion that sounds like a blast yeah, yeah. that's cool i thought yeah i thought it was just based in the vegas area so that's pretty cool they're going out to san antonio and stuff too yeah yeah um also so have you done the lucha vavoom stuff isn't that something that uh Taya Valkyrie was a part of or anything? Have you guys yeah, we went and saw the show. I've never done it, but we I've I've won as a fan before. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a kind of a, it seems like a pretty unique wrestling scene over there. Um, yeah, it was unique. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Um, <laughs> other question I had for you too. Um what what do you kind of think overall of the state of women's wrestling today? Is there something that you'd like to see change, or is there something that they've that you've really found to be elevated overall for from a business standpoint from wrestling? I think it's awesome. I think women getting more time and more attention and made events and being so amazingly athletic is just awesome for female wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of cool. Like you see it from a WrestleMania standpoint that like the women are main eventing and yeah. Like, yeah, they're getting, and it's not necessarily like, Oh, here's a women's match, but there's like, here's a match, a women's match. And then here's another women's match. It's like, they're not, yeah separating them out and they kind of just assimilate into and it's it's kind of cool to see yeah. that in a lot of ways too it is yeah. Yeah. all right i'll i'll uh ask you this one too this is my, one of my last ones rob is notoriously not a big favorites guy do you kind of have some favorites in certain regards when it comes to things so if i were to ask you like what's your favorite movie do you have a favorite movie or are you yeah. kind of at the same okay what's your favorite movie okay uh favorite movie um house bunny House Bunny. Okay. Hey, that's a good, that is a good one. That's what they have there, right? Is that true? Yeah. That's okay. I remember that one. How about favorite actor? Favorite actor, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. Okay. That's a good one too. And The Rock. The Rock. Hey, that, yeah. Can't beat that one. Yeah. Uh, TV show. Uh, Keeping Up with the Kardashians. All right. And Day Fiance. With, oh, 90 Day Fiance. I hear good things about that. I yeah. I'm glued. All right. And then favorite musical artist. Uh, I'd have to say Money Bag Yo and Gucci Mane. Oh, all right. All right. Um, okay, my last question for you for now is 
anybody that you'd like to work with in particular that you haven't gotten a chance to? Someone I'd like to work with would probably be Naomi. I love her moveset because a lot of it's like Rob's moveset and she's so athletic and creative. And so I think that would be if I had to choose an opponent, I'd choose her. Nice. Nice. Yeah, that was a great one. And her look, like the, the incorporation of neon and all it's that so stuff. Cool. And that's my style too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like my big closet upstairs, it's like pink raver light up. So I love that about her. It just stands out to me, her glow theme. And, and then it's also her athleticism, her flexibility. Um, that inspires me as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. Anything you want to plug in particular too? Um, follow me y'all on Instagram. I just made a new one cause I always get deleted, but now it's Katie Forbes, the number four real Katie Forbes, number four real. And my Twitter is the T H E Katie Forbes. Now, Katie, do you know why whenever like somebody goes to Twitter tags you in Twitter, it goes to a different account. Have you noticed that? I haven't. Okay. It's kind of weird. It's like, I'll type in your name to tag you. And then it does it. It goes to a different one account, but it still tags you. <laughs> so I don't get. I don't get Weird. It. Okay. I don't know. I just know social media like always has me flagged. Anything like people post with me or I post if it's a little bit like even borderline anything, they're gonna like delete it for being inappropriate. So I have to be really careful. I feel like someone said that though recently. What he's saying, it might have been Medic Mike. Said he wanted to tag me, and it went to no. another page. Yeah, or they went to look you up. And it, again, it went to like instead of going to your page, it goes. Somewhere. And, and the, the user has their name. I'm not the Katie Forbes. <laughs> like that's what that's what they have in like their. So weird. I don't know. And it must happen to them a lot. So I don't know. Maybe try typing it in on a different. I don't know. Take a look. Yeah. Okay. But that, I just wanted to get that clarified for any of the listeners. Thank you. Y'all follow me on Twitter, so there's no confusion. The Katie I'm Forbes. Sorry. Yes, and you'll hit it because it'll just act weird, but you'll it, it, you're there. Cool. Awesome. Cool, Katie. No, we'll get you back on. Rob and I were talking about it, incorporating you. Yay! Yeah. So, mm, I need a fan in here. Oh, I can bring you on. You want me to bring you a fan? Um, I'll bring you a fan, baby. Well. Right. We have it in the TV room. Okay, baby. I like how Petrie's just hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> she's chilling. Yeah. How's she she's, doing, Rob? She's she's hanging in there. She's yeah. on like I think week three after uh after her expiration date. So how about <laughs> that? How about that? She didn't have a real good day today. She was nauseous, but um, but she's definitely still better than uh then when Katie was in Australia, she she was looking hopeless then. And ever since then, even her bad days aren't like she had like three days where she didn't eat at all. She was just throwing up and she never has gone back to that same level again. That's good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. We're giving her shots, nausea meds and uh, fluids and buying the shit that the vet gives. Keeping it up to date, you know. It's, it's so stressful with animal pets sometimes because it's like you, they can't tell you what's wrong with them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've always done that um, anyway. Just buy, I, I buy the stuff that the doctor does, you know, like a glucose test. I said, damn, I could just buy my own, you know, and test my hemoglobins, buy it, the blood pressure cuff, you know. It's like I feel like it's part of my job to keep up, you know, um, in, in top shape. And, and um, I usually – 
know pretty much exactly what my blood pressure is, what my heart rate is, what my weight is. And, um, and that's just, that's part of, uh, how I operate my company, you know what I mean? But, but I buy that a lot of that shit at home that, uh, just because you can do a lot at home and instead of going to the doctor and having an office visit for some bullshit. Right. Yeah. Here's my Petri tattoo. Oh my gosh. when did you get that? Uh, I got it over the summer. That's oh, that's amazing. That's really good. Oh, there we go. Holy smoke. That's to a T. I got a dog, my dog on my t arm too. An old dog. Oh, that's awesome. And I have Petri here. But it's it's a little more cartoon version of her, so I have her on me twice. How about that? That's sweet. <laughs> I'm gonna get my cat, I think, here at some point. Or at least There's the other Petri one right there. Oh, okay. Yes, I see it. See that? I like the classic kind of style tattoos. Yeah, that's why this side of my body is traditional, and this side I'm doing realistic. Ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah, realistic Barbie. Whoa. And our other dog's name is Barbie. That's right. Yep. And I got them both right here in my lap. I still got to see the movie, the Barbie movie, it's on on my agenda. So. <laughs> so we got super chats here, guys. If you too, if you got got a question for Rob or Katie, uh, feel free to pop in in the super chat, and we'll make sure to answer. Mick Mac, I have he's a regular on the Road Dog podcast. I already told him that you are not related to him, but just for the sake. Of him Me and Road Dog aren't related. No, you're not related to Road. Are you related to Jean Claude Van Damme, Rob? <laughs> uh, only through Adam and Eve. <laughs> there you go. There you they, go. I got a pop out of Katie. <laughs> <laughs> no, related to Road Dog, baby. Have you ever wrestled Road Dog? You were set to wrestle him, but have you actually ever wrestled him? Right. Um. No. No. He's such a unique kind of style of wrestler where it's just like, you know, he doesn't, it's not technical. It's all like kind of a certain thing, but like it's more of the entertainment aspect. So uh, you guys would have been. never happened. Yeah, it's never happened. That one time, yeah, when I, when I, if everyone doesn't know about the timing, uh, I was supposed to wrestle him during the invasion angle of 1997 when ECW was invading WWE, but um that was the night that everything fell apart and we walked out yeah yeah so things kind of changed a little bit um yeah the trajectory happened like and by the time you kind of entered into wwe he was almost gone if not already at that point so um let's see micmac also says hey rbd huge fan except when you beat cena <laughs> so i guess he <laughs> Huge fan, except for my best moment of my career. One of my greatest moments. <laughs> Thanks, Big Mac. <laughs> I've had some people tell me, like they were they were little kids, and they and they loved Cena. He was their hero. They were really conflicted about um, when I beat him. I can imagine so cool, that because I was so cool. Yeah, they didn't want to like me. I can imagine that though, because it's like. You know, if you grew up and that's your Hulk Hogan, seen as your Hulk Hogan, and you, you see him lose, but it's to a guy that's like not necessarily a heel. <laughs> it's just like he's likable too. It's just like it's got. Well, my position was a heel, right? We're total outsiders to the whole company. Yeah, and in a roundabout way, at one night stand, Cena was the heel. Like nobody yeah. wanted that's him. True. That's yeah. true. That would be confusing for kids, right there. Absolutely. Like he's getting booed. He throws his shirt out. They throw it back. All that stuff. 
He's in the bad guy's house. <laughs> you're hanging out with the you're in the den of thieves right here. Uh Derek, thank you. Ten dollars he he's he sent in. How do you keep a straight oh, face yeah. working on skits with Stone Cold during the invasion? They were hilarious. Would you ever was that kind of tough to do sometimes, Rob, when you're doing like comedic kind of things or you know, you're having a good time and you're like, oh my god, like uh he's gonna pop me legit on here. How did you roll with that? Yeah, um I don't remember specifically, you know, um any any times to to bring up where either that or anything like that happened, but I can tell you that I wasn't I wasn't like super comfortable. It wasn't like just two two dudes hang, doing their job. You know what I mean? It wasn't like it wasn't like I looked at him on a you know horizontal level and and just and was just like you know um, hey Steve you know let's uh, you know let's get this done and uh, fucking uh, you know. Let's get this done and get on, get on, and get some lunch, you know. And then when they go, okay, ready, action. And then, then we're in the character, you know. And I'm, you know, and it's like, dude, I'm this. It, it's, it's not like that. He, he was intimidating around the clock. He was a authoritative figure, and I did feel certain ways because of that. You know what I mean? Like I did feel a little less comfortable. I did feel like pushing back. A little more um because i did feel you know like he's someone that a lot of guys would be kissing his ass if they were younger just because of the the fan in them or because that's the way they want to climb the ladder i don't know whatever but you know i've always liked steve but back then when i was like first uh well actually i first worked with him in wcw in 93 Oh, so you were when he was stunning Steve. Yeah, and he was a Hollywood Blondes. Oh, how about that? Okay, wow. One time, one time, but um, but you know, working with him in WWE, with me getting a big push and stuff like that, um, it wasn't something that I was just like real comfortable, and it wasn't like he was just like a like a, a dude that I work with, you know. That's like when we're both out of character. It wasn't just like. Like, uh, hey, Rob and Steve, you know, just just two dudes that uh, that showed up to um, to do their job. I mean, he, you know, it's like you carry that hierarchy with you, sometimes to a ridiculous point. Now is how I see it because at this point in life, a lot of times I think about some of the guys that were below me on the hierarchy. And I remember back then when I was in that mindset of competition and stuff, even like looking at guys, I don't know, let's say like when I was in the ECW and then there's like the BWO, right? right. Steve Richards and Meany, those guys. Like, like, like um, it wasn't, even though it was just wrestling experience and placement and status even though that's all it was about um there's still part of that that like carries over you know i, I guess it's because of respect you know what i mean which yeah. is which is good if you look at it that way but also it can be like too much if you're the guy on top thinking that these other people that in reality are 
just other people doing their job. You know what I mean? They really are. But it, sometimes in your mindset, um, you start feeling, you know, like you're, if you do feel like you're above them, you're a higher, I don't know if you think you're a higher status of human being or you're just a higher status in life or, or whatever, or you look down on them or maybe you look down on them because they weren't able to make it as high as you did. I don't know, but there's a lot of that shit that, 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 that would carry over that you would never know, you know, but I, I guess there's a reason for it though. You know what I mean? Like if I, if the original Sheik was around, I would still want to carry his bags, you know what I mean? For him. Uh, <laughs> And a lot of people would, you know, it's like opening up the door for older people. It's respect. So I don't know. It's kind of confusing when you think about it. And like when I think about like back in the day, um, you know, how, how I felt like looking at, say, uh, someone trying to get into WWE or some young guy or a new guy or whatever. It's like you feel entitled to uh, to own your position above them. And it doesn't really have boundaries on it. And that's something that's just really weird that I'm trying to explain. Yeah, I know, too, uh, Booker T late, uh, recently joined Kurt Angle on his podcast. And he made mention how he, when he made the jump from WCW to WWE, he almost kind of had the mentality of, like, I'm throwing everything that I kind of did in WCW almost out the window in a way. And from how, like, you know, because uh, he was talking about to trying to – you know, fit into the locker room in certain ways and things like that. And kind of just being like, all right, I'm here and I'm going to earn my way to kind of, to kind of be like that. But like, it's, I could only imagine from a competitive mindset mindset that it would be, it's a balance to certainly have when you're going into a new company. Yeah. I, I remember uh, when I was on Steve Austin's program, ha talking about this with him, not, I don't think I described it the same way that I, that I just did. I took a minute and really, search my mind um but uh, but i but i did tell him you know that i thought of him as more of a like like a boss and he's like he's like well damn i wasn't that big of a hard ass uh, or something and i was like but you were like an authoritative figure right and, and he agreed with that you know and um and he was yeah well this kind of leads to one of the topics i had actually too um we talked about this a little bit before when we first touched upon CM Punk about locker room leaders. And um, recently in the news, there was a uh, Brian Danielson uh, was kind of one of the people on the, the uh, disciplinary committee that was a part of the process of terminating Punk from AEW. <laughs> still considered Punk a friend and only wishing the best and everything like that. But he was part of the decision-making process, wasn't the head. But then you kind of learn other reports coming out that like, Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson is more a part of that process of like almost like an authoritative figure behind the scenes in certain ways where he's like a, a good mind to go to. Um, Rob, what and like I know Undertaker had this impression of a locker room leader in WWE and you kind of mentioned like Steve was more of an authoritative figure. Uh, is it kind of a misnomer, uh, almost like locker room leader? Is that kind of like misleading in certain ways? Do you think a, a promotion needs a locker room leader or is it more so, hey, lead by example kind of thing. Hmm. Well, fuck. I think, <laughs> I don't know that, I don't know that they, that they need a leader, but I, I also kind of feel like it's something that would organically happen. 
anyway, mm-hmm. just like anytime, if you have like a group of 20, 30 people, you know, put them on an island and, and see what happens. You know, someone's going to turn out being the leader, you know, deciding, okay, we need to fucking start looking for food. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I don't know that they need to have one appointed. I don't know. But also if there's, there's usually someone that's working in the office, that's also talent. And that kind of automatically makes you one of uh, at least at the very least, at the very least, a stooge. That's bottom level. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's oh, like at least, at least you're someone, you know, for people to watch out for, you know, in the locker room. Like, uh-oh. And then, uh, and then you could carry some weight with it as well, depending on uh, who you are and, and what you do in the office. Yeah, yeah. Um, was there kind of that figure behind the scenes in ECW at all? A locker room leader in ECW. Huh. Um, hmm. Well, damn. Uh, I don't know that there was, you know, as far as like the office guys being talent, that would have been Dreamer. Um, also, Taz and Bubba both were the local New York guys. Maybe Devon too, but they Devon used to live in Orlando. But I don't know when he moved, but th- these guys were office. They were helping uh, promote the product, and they were also the wrestlers. Um, so they would have been someone that, like, if there was a problem in the dressing room, they would have had vested interest in fixing the problems because their office trying to promote homeostasis within the the whole company. I didn't look at them like that, but I did look at them uh, as uh, at least dreamer. I did look at dreamer as, as, as an office boy, you know what I mean? Um, That sounds that sounds disrespectful and obvious. Was it more so though in a, like a positive way, like somebody that you could kind of bend the ear of a little bit, or like in a helpful way, certain kind of like office kind of guy? Yeah, like he had some insight to what was going yeah, on, yeah. the brain of the office, connection, and, the connection to the office, like almost. yeah. But besides that, you know, there wasn't anybody. I mean, like Shane Douglas was gone shortly after I got there. I don't remember, you know, a, a, a long period, a lot of shows with us both being there. Um, But I think he would have been the veteran Mm -hmm. when he was there. But I I don't remember like him calling like team meetings or anything like that. You know what I mean? It was like, I don't think there was anything like that except for Paul. And Paul would do that. He would call meetings, locker room meetings and huddle everybody up. And he was that guy. And and maybe someone else might want to scream something afterwards. New Jack might want to step in afterwards and, and be like, um, you know, come up on me. Yeah, exactly. Maybe I can see that. Uh, you know, try and fire everybody up or something, something like that. Rah rah kind of thing. Maybe, um, but nobody that 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 I can think of that would like call a meeting on their own and say and say, you know, this is what we need to start doing more of or less of. Tracy Smothers did take it upon himself to start 
to tell everyone that, uh, well, I don't know who told who, whose idea it was, but anyway, he would train the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. He would get in the ring and show up every day. I don't think he was getting paid extra for it. I don't, I don't know for sure, but he would show up uh, for any of the young guys who wanted to get in the ring and work out like a dojo in Japan and, uh, um, and, and improve mm-hmm. themselves. You know, that was, that was something, you know, but I, I think we all kind of like, took our a lot of us probably took our own leads and could have been viewed maybe as a leader at a at a different time or place circumstantially yeah yeah no that kind of makes it like in certain categories when it comes to hey you know he's the expert at this or like in, in certain moments that calls for it yeah whatever um i think it was more like that yeah yeah what so, your interaction with Tracy Smothers overall, he's always pretty well praised across the wrestling world as being a really nice guy and somebody that is helpful to your point. Um, what was your interaction with him? I love Tracy, man. I had so much fun with him. Uh, I wrestled him first in probably like 94-ish. This would have been uh, Barefoot RVD in the, uh, in the singlet that wasn't airbrushed. Just the red one or whatever it was. So the red yep, one. yep, the red one and the black one. And um, and after, like, I wrestled him a, a few times at some small shows in Georgia and uh, Carolina, some fairs or whatever. And uh, right off the bat, he cracked me up. Uh, he's always, always, since the first time I wrestled him, said, man, I've been in harder street fights. No, easier street fights. I fucked, this, fucked the lineup. And then he says, he also says, man, you took me within an inch of my life. And that was like uh, something that every time I would see him, and we would always just say, you changed, man, you changed. For decades, that was always still funny to say, you changed, you took me within an inch of my life. Uh, I've been in easier street fights, or I've been kicked. Um, uh, I've been kicked, uh, I don't know. I don't know. He, he he was very funny one time, um, and he was a country boy. I got something yeah. on you, but, but but let me get, let me spit this out. One time, we're in the ECW arena in Philly uh, before a show, and he reaches down, pulls his pant leg up, and reaches down into his sock, and he pulls out um, a wad of tin foil, which he opens up, and there's half a chicken sandwich in that. What? <laughs> his first thought is to offer it. You know, hey, anybody want half a chicken sandwich? Rob, you want this? I was like, no, fuck that. <laughs> He's like, I didn't, buy, I, didn't buy, I didn't buy it off this half, and it's been wrapped up. I just, I just put it there to keep it. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Uh, that kind of brings me to Bobby Eaton real quick because I heard always about Bobby Eaton. He would bring like towels or like be like super accommodating to, to other wrestlers and stuff like that. Have you did you cross paths with Bobby and like have those kind of interactions at all or no? I didn't, man. I I, I was around him very little when I was in WCW in '92 and '93, and I was just so young and so green. That you know, my perspective uh, of the whole world wasn't on a on a scale for for anything to stick out, you know. But what's interesting is I think I worked them, but I've never seen the match. But I think I remember going over the match with them and stuff. And I think I remember the difference because Rip Rogers had told me, "Don't do all that 
flips and kicks and all that. Just save it for the end. Do one kick at the end, make it mean something. And I remember I was like, man, I was bummed that I asked Bobby Eaton, and Bobby Eaton had the opposite. He was like, if you can do it, do it. That's that's your gimmick, right? You know, that's you know that's what people want to see. And I was like, thank you. And um, and and but it might. I don't know if I worked with him or if I put put that in my head after that conversation because uh, I remember working with Rip and it would have been around that same time. But yeah, but Tracy Smothers, he used to, uh, according to him anyway, you know, he grew up on farms and he, and he, he said that the, uh, they would fight, they would have fights between, uh, <laughs> between the, 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 the fighters at the different farms to settle disputes over shit. Oh, really? Yeah. It was like old, um, like old, um, old like school, old, old school Southern boy. It's like old school Southern boys wrestling court. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And he would describe it. He told us some stories. And one time, one time, uh, he told us this was about, a. uh, well, it was about New Jack. A lot of people don't know this story, <laughs> but at one time, New Jack was, uh, uh, he was particularly mouthy and insulting. Yeah, Brian Pillman, who had just died, and he said some really ugly stuff, you know. And, and we were just talking about him, you know, like, man, I don't know. That's hard to stand by and, let, and hear him say, you know, the stuff that he's saying stuff. And, and Tracy was like, you know what we need to do, man? We need to get him all, just put him in a room, and, you know, and about eight of us just whip the shit out of him, man. He'll change. He'll, be, he'll never be the same man. And, and he said that that's what they used to do <laughs> when he was growing up. He's like, if somebody had a problem, he was like, he ain't going to fight everybody. He ain't gonna, no one's that bad. You know, you just fucking everyone beat the shit out of him. And afterwards, watch, man. That'll, fi that'll fix it, man. You watch. And he was really suggesting that as an option of uh, something that, 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 that we should do is in our wrestler's court trial of solving problems, you know. Rob, you just made me love Tracy Smothers a whole lot more. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he was awesome. Oh, man. I, You know, as a kid, I was a mark for being Italian. I was a huge mark for the FBI. So it was like, but right before, like, I got into it, Tracy was gone. But, like, hearing that he was in the FBI and not Italian whatsoever yes. just kind of added to the whole thing. And so that was my first impression of him. But, gosh, yeah, the stories I hear about him. He sounds like just a fucking fun-ass dude to hang out with. <laughs> yeah, he was. Not get a chicken sandwich from though. No. <laughs> <laughs> from his sock. And uh, also one time, um, his partner, Little Guido, his FBI partner, hey, doggies, um, did something funny um, that I, that's similar, kind of. I mean, it made me think of this. I see why they're partners, but, uh, you know, you're on the highway from point A to point B. There's only so many service area truck stops. So you're going to see the boys because you're all on the same route in different cars. Right. So we pulled over to take a pit stop and, uh, and I pulled up to the urinal in the men's room and little Guido is at the urinal next to me and he's got a bag of donuts because there was a Dunkin' Donuts in there and he reaches in the bag while he's pissing and he grabs a donut hole out and, and he starts eating it and he's like, Rob, you want some? And I, again, I was like, I'll pass, bro. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm good. I, I'm good on the urinal donut holes. <laughs> no urinal donut holes for me. <laughs> I've, had, I've met my quota at zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Oh, man. Yeah, I was such a mark for the FBI. Um, let me see here. Oh, yeah. So this is kind of a neat thing that uh, got brought up. Um, Jake the Snake on his podcast happened to say that one of his favorite heels of all time was somebody we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago was Pat Tanaka's dad. Oh. Um, I can't remember. I screenshotted the name, but I forgot to put it up. If I can pull it up. Not not Toru Tanaka, was it? No, 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 it wasn't. Um, Let me take a look here. It, okay, I have it here. Duke Kiyomuka. Duke Kiyomuka. That was Pat, father of Pat Tanaka. Okay. He, he chose him as one of the best heels ever when discussing on the podcast. Apparently, he said tough as nail. So apparently, he was interred at uh, in Man's 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 He was, Man's, he was, interred. He was interred, a turd? In, not a turd, not a turd, interred at uh, a concentration concentration camp during World War II. Apparently, oh fuck! So like, okay. uh, yeah, so he was. Uh, not not in Germany. I think somewhere in the States. If I'm not, or Man, Man and those are. That I didn't is. know that. Yeah, how about that? But it led me to think about this. Who? I'd imagine the Sheik is probably one, but who really defined like a great heel to you? Ooh, a great heel. I mean, honestly... What comes to mind is is someone that's a lot a lot more vanilla for for uh, lack of a better word, someone a lot more basic. Mm -hmm. What a heel, though! How about like Iron Mike Sharp? You know, when I was growing up watching wrestling. Iron Mike Sharp, he didn't care about the rules, but he was so creative. You know, he would like he'd be he'd pull the wrestler in, he's into the corner, you know, reach into his shorts, bam, put it back in his shorts, you know. And then we would always make sure the refs didn't see it. And then he go, and then he would put his hands up, and then he'd put it in his back, and let the referee check his front. You know what I mean? And the, and the and the crowd would be like, no, no. And then he would like switch it and put it in his boot. And he would like, well, go ahead, and let him check his trunks. You know? And the ref would say, what? And then be his boot, his boot. And, you know, take it out, put it back. You know what I mean? It would that kind of stuff, and, and just the way that he would like get get the ref to turn and miss everything. I just think uh, uh, people like that, they're so entertaining uh, sometimes, you know, like when uh, when I was a heel with uh, Impact Wrestling and Katie was my manager, um, I, I, you know, they, they were, I was, you know, my back was hurt through a lot of that and stuff. And so maybe part of why they um, turned me was because they said I could pick and choose my bumps then. Um, the way you could do that would be, of course, to be creative and and just heal and and, and cheat. And obviously, the Bay Face is doing the selling during the match. But um, I I wish that I had uh, enough time spent being a heel to really master like the Iron Mike Sharp perspective of of really just. Uh, 
uh, of cheating and then taking it to a whole new level from there. That would be that would be something that would be really cool for me, especially using Katie. You know what I mean? But it was just a really short amount of time, and uh, and I was thinking in my head, like, you know, like even though I've wrestled for uh, two hundred years, um, I haven't been a heel that long, and even though as a baby face, you know what the heels are doing and stuff. Um, it still doesn't, doesn't replace, uh, uh being, uh, doesn't mean that I'm going to be exceptionally good at that position. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I guess asking this too, did you have more of a preference when it came to, would you always, would you always lean more towards wanting to be a heel than a baby face or where did that kind of fall in line for you? Um, no, overall, I liked being a baby face. I mean, I like the fans. I don't, I like the love from the fans, you know, that's just, everyone loves me. They always have, even when I'm a heel, you know, I get a lot of love, but, um, but then when you're a heel, they associate you with other heels. They have you do things to baby face it, to try to get heat. That's what you're doing as a heel. And uh, I never really enjoy having the fans say, you suck and stuff like that. But it can be fun. But overall, mostly I've been either a baby face or just uh, an aggressive baby face, you know, a heel that they like or or a heel that is, um, you know, still a baby face. So f for me, I, I've always, I feel like, had a lot of fan support behind what I do for the most part of it. And um, I never really wanted to stray from that. When when Impact wanted to turn me, you know, I was like, oh, no, uh, really? Like, is shit getting stale um, already? Because, damn, man, you sure you want to do that? And then uh, they were like, uh, yeah, you know, give us some thought. And I thought about it, you know, and I was like, all right, you know, then fuck yeah, let's, uh, let's do it. It sounds fun. And... Um, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it was super long. It was during COVID, you know, which made everything different. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's hard, hard to play off the crowd when there's no crowd. There's no crowd. <laughs> yeah, it's a little tough. A little tough. Um, but anyway, yeah, you know, it was in my memory, it was a, a, a the blink of an eye. It was a very short experience in my overall time in the ring. You know? Yeah, yeah. Going back to somebody like a Mike Sharp, too, that kind of heel. You don't see a whole lot of that today in, in uh, the modern day. Everybody's trying to be the cool heel or like, hey, in between and certain things like that. There's very few rare talents that kind of like fully embrace just being an asshole, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was pretty effective uh, for me as a fan. And, uh, and I'll always remember, you know, the first uh, show that I went to after I started training, it was, the, it was in uh, Euclid, Ohio. I wasn't on the card, although they did add me as a run-in. I ran in and broke Sabu's jaw after his match. Um, yeah, but um, Jerry Lawler was there. Maybe she wrestled Jerry Lawler. Medusa was there. Um, maybe Del Wilkes was there. It was the Mounties, those other Mounties, I think. But oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'll always remember seeing like as a fly on the wall chic talking to iron mike sharp mm -hmm. and i knew iron mike sharp was a jobber you know and that's that was the day of 
you know, the squash matches, and that's that's what I grew up on watching. And he was one of the guys that would uh, get beat. You know, I think he gung Bundy beat him in like nine seconds and set the record or something at, at one point. But anyway, I saw the Sheik talking to him, and he said, uh, he he said he said Mike Vince is Vince is blind, and that meant a lot to me. The Sheik thought that. Vince is missing this opportunity to do something with this guy that he's got working for him. Um, and I thought, wow, like, that's amazing. So she has respect for him. And then, you know, later in life, then I learned that he's got a history and he worked for all these other promotions and stuff, too. He wasn't just a jobber. You know, he had a whole a whole uh, history and accomplishments. And that's that's a perspective as a fan that you don't even think about. And they used to hide from you, too, in WWF. They never let you know there was a past or any other organization. Yeah, you know? that's right. They would they kind of cover it up. Hey, when you're with WWE, you're, this is your start. This is who you are. <laughs> it's basically it, kind of a lot of work. I see your boobies in the screen. I'm joking. Do you think you'll want to go out tonight or no? Because we're starting to plan. Nah, really. Jurassic and Lena are going to take us. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. They'll take us and drive us back. Okay, cool. Cool. Well, yeah, we'll finish this up here. Uh, But, guys, if you have any last-minute questions, feel free to pop in the Super Chat or anything like that. I'll get a couple of your guys' questions in if if, with time permitting. But, Rob, I did want to ask you real quick. We didn't talk about it that much. What were your thoughts overall on having Marty on last week? It was pretty pretty fun and unexpected. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, I liked it. Uh, Marty's cool, and um, uh, I remember telling you before, you know, we just had that relationship where uh, I get messages from him like pretty much every day that really amount to nothing, you know, that were just nonsense, you know, trying to make each other laugh or whatever. So, uh, so I thought it, it was cool on the show. I liked having uh Having more guests, I like doing the uh, the live thing. Yes, adds another element. I really think. yeah, maybe like like normally, maybe we do it on Thursdays. This one because of this court thing, uh, I wanted to push it back a day, but um, but yeah, I like that too. I was thinking of uh, I like the chaotic um, feel to having a bunch of people on there, and I um, I thought of some people tonight. I thought maybe Fonzie could be on. I checked with him for tonight, and he's getting married like right now. Like, congratulations, Fonzie. I'm uh, not, yeah, today he said so. But, uh, but yeah, there's uh, I thought of like some other people, and then obviously didn't follow through. That was part of RVD radio. Uh, I used to wait to the very last second and then say, Let me see who else can be on. Let me call Booker T, let me call whoever. and because I was, because I'm not good at planning and stuff, so sometimes it might seem like that here. But um, I am going to put a list together or, or something, and uh, have some other people join us sometimes too. If it's you know, as long as they're not interrupting you. Right, it'll be a fun perspective. I lo- love yeah. getting other people's perspective. Even Marty's the side stories he was sharing, and kind of. I wanted to get more lean. Ben is here a little bit more about tag team wrestling, but uh, yeah. It's- well. Yeah, definitely a good thing to have here and like having a live audience here i think really adds to stuff guys if you like what you're seeing be sure to like these videos get that algorithm cooking on there uh share it out with anybody subscribe do all that kind of malarkey um and yeah get the word out i saw uh me think says let's uh he's given us rob's given us some great gems and great stories so thank you me think 
Um, yeah, thanks a lot of people joining in. We got uh, oh, 69. We almost, hey, 69 people in right now. But we also have, um, yeah. We, so we, and we got pretty close to 100 too. So um, let me see. A question somebody asked too uh, Trackle is dead. Rob, did you ever wrestle the great Suzuki? The great Suzuki, no. Mm-hmm. no. I do not believe I did. Nope. Hmm, okay. Chelsea Gunderson asks, in your exercise routine, is it better to exercise on land or in water or in both? Oh, well, for me, I I don't do much exercise in the water. You know, I mean, it's good, but it depends on what you're looking for. You know what I mean? So, like, for me, I, I, I like to uh, – I like the resistance of – weights and machines but um i really get a lot of my intensity in my workout out of uh being in my sauna which will heat to when it's cold it's like 140 degrees when it's warmer out it'll get to like 160 but um i will do uh steps in there you know um and uh of course i can control the speed and make it like a flurry uh rapid rush sprint or would I, or or slow it down or whatever? Have a speed bag in there, and I like to bring stuff in there sometimes to carry while I'm doing the steps or whatever. Not something metal because it'll get too hot and burn. But uh, but anyway, um, yeah. When I leave there, I'm dripping sweat and and I get a lot of my intensity from there. And sometimes I jump in the pool. I've been doing that lately for a cold plunge uh, a little bit. Um, done it twice. But uh, it was within the last week, and then uh, it's amazing. Then the cold air feels warm afterwards. Um, wow. yeah. and then, I, then I get in my jacuzzi. <laughs> uh, but um, for me, I can't say much about water exercises, although they're great for people that are either handicapped or not as mobile because of the fact that they take so much of gravity off of you. If you have a hard time walking normally or whatever, maybe you could uh, still stand and walk in water. Yeah, that's very true too. Uh, Segwaying into water, I had this noted down to ask you too. Um, Eric Bischoff recently went on a five-day water fast, so I think all he drank was water for five days. Uh, Have you done any kind of like fasting to that? level of things or what do you think about that overall too no i have not you know i know a lot of people that seem to be into that you know and i understand there is a lot of benefits again depending on what you're looking for as far as results you know um i will say that i fast usually like at least like 12 hours out of the day um and then eat like the other 12 um and i started doing that a few months ago when i started learning more about how the growth hormone works around the clock and like every couple hours uh, you get a growth hormone spurt but when you eat and then you have uh sugar in your blood then the growth hormone uh, doesn't work because then the insulin prevents the growth hormone from coming out insulin comes out to uh, to deal with the blood sugar and then the growth hormone is then um, ruined. You know, like when you take these peptides, you have to take them on an empty stomach like an hour and a half after you eat 
for that reason. And so I learned a little bit about that, and I've been uh, getting a. Uh, uh, I, I enjoy, you know, seeing all the veins being like really vascular and having people tell me too, like noticing, you know, cause that's, uh, I don't know, it's really cool. It's something to, you know, work for. And some people think that that's like a sign of like high blood pressure or something. If your veins are popping out, I actually learned that means you have a better circulation. Yeah. Because, yeah. Because you got more blood flowing through and your, and your blood vessels actually will stretch out for that. Especially if you take things like L-citrulline, which does exactly that or any uh, vasodilators like uh, Viagra, for instance. Uh, um, so Anyway, um, I will uh, usually at least 12 hours I fast. And it used to be the thought, old school thought used to be for the muscle heads, all of us was that after like three hours of not eating, that your your body starts uh, eating off of your muscles um, and, and instead of fat. And that's why you got to eat like every three hours and then you know, I the guy that trained me, he'd wake up in the middle of the night, set the alarm after four hours to wake up and have a big protein shake and go back to bed for another four hours. And then we always thought when you wake up, like you got to eat real quick, break the fast. Otherwise, you know, we were, we were told that you're in a catabolic state instead of a metabolic state, which is backwards. And you got to turn that off and reverse that shit. I don't think so anymore. I think that was bullshit. Or there's a lot to it that I still don't understand, which, which is a fact anyway, uh, you know, for sure. But, uh, but I don't think fasting is a bad thing now, again, depending on what you're used to, but a good balance of it, um, you know, can be, you can get lean without necessarily, you know, uh, dropping a ton of weight. Uh, if I fasted and drink water for five days, I would lose 20, 30 pounds. I don't want to do that. Right. Yeah. Definitely. That was, yeah. <laughs> Holy fuck. Yeah, he said he felt like a new man, though. He said he felt. You good. actually, he probably said he actually uh, releases stem cells within your body and all kinds of shit. Go through all these phases. Yeah, yeah I'm sure there's a lot of benefits to it. Cool, Rob. Uh, you already did narvidiology. Did you want to do one on here, or where are you at with that? Oh yeah, no, you know I didn't even think about it. Um, let's skip it. We could skip it. We'll do. We'll wait till next week. Two minutes. He's close enough. Okay. Sweet. Cool. Yeah, uh, Anything that you want to plug that's upcoming for you, or Just go to YouTube and you can see what G Douche looks like. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm in, you know, my RV theology, and uh, I don't think I have anything this week coming uh, to plug. So let's uh, do this again next Thursday, and uh, see if I can't get someone to join us. Maybe. Hey, that'd be great. Guys, thanks for joining in, too, and interacting. Everybody, I see all the names on here. James, me, thanks. Everybody says I really appreciate Red Machine, everybody that tuned in. So keep on coming back. Spread the word. We're going to get uh, we're gonna get things cooking here. So um, as far as getting all the info, go to rvdpod.com. Check out all the clips coming up and everything like that. You can check us out on Rumble, too. We're on Rumble. We're actually live on Rumble here, too, at this moment. And then um, get us early, uh, the Premier Streaming Network. So once this show ends, if you're tuning in live, we go private, and then it's exclusive on Premier for a few days until we drop it, boom, on the podcast feed on Monday at 4.20 p.m. every Monday. So check it out, guys. Um, yeah, that's kind of it. Rob, good episode. Cool. This was episode 32. Can you believe it? Episode 32. Nice, nice so, man. Don't be afraid to leave a comment. We'll read it. Yes, we, we do read them. So yep. cool, guys. 
Hey, we'll see you next week. Damn fam. See you next week. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Tom. Yep. Thank you, guys. See you guys later. I was waiting for some kind of sign, some kind of indication. I was wasting my time.